Greetings and salutations. Hi. I'm Josh Belcher. Get the super sauce. I'll change into my super suit. <laughs> this is Uncharted. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and greetings, boys and girls of all ages, sorts, shapes, and sizes. I'm Josh Belcher, your host of the Uncharted Podcast. Have a great lineup of guests this week. We've got guitar legend Hilton Valentine, the lead guitarist of the legendary Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band, The Animals. We've also got stand-up comedian Greg Warren, who has a brand new special out on Amazon called Where the Field Corn Grows. Really awesome. Talk to both of these amazing artists. Uh, One really, really good at rocking and one really good at making you laugh. Very fortunate for that. Anyway, tell you a little bit about my week. Um, didn't really have a lot to cover this week. Kind of uneventful. Um, you know, had the big uh, four-day trip last week from Mississippi to New Orleans to the ocean and back uh, through Alabama, etc. So on and so forth. This week just got back to the grind. Went back to work. Um, the only thing that happened is uh, week before last, I kind of twisted my back and a little bit of a. Uh, sore spot and I got a little crooked kind of like a jigsaw puzzle been going to see a chiropractor and he's been popping me with that gun looking thing uh, making me feel better it's just uh, still a little sore got to go see him about 35 more times to get it all figured back out and as a result I've been kind of pampering the old back Uh, haven't been going to the gym as much as I actively do so I'm getting fatter um not exercising to tie off the fact that I have a humongous appetite so right now I'm in like the grimace stage uh, heading into uh, the size of a uh, small maybe two-person carrier hot air balloon but anyway a little time a little prayer a little patience uh, get back in there so that'll uh, that'll be something to look forward to I've been back online looking at drum sets which is a no-no for a guy like me once upon a time I was a really good drummer I could hold my own and I've been talking to a lot of uh, fellow drummers here on the podcast, and every time I talk to one or two, I get the itch to start playing drums again. It never gets out of your system uh, once it is got there. Like, uh, I guess I need to go to a drummer's anonymous and uh, get that uh, out of my heart and soul. But uh, anyway, quit running my jowls, and uh, we'll get on with this podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's a whole blast. It's a whole lot of fun uh, doing this podcast. I really love it. I love talking to people that I admire and uh, appreciate their work and picking their brains and learning things that I didn't know about them uh, and beyond. So let's get it started. The Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. Away we go. this episode of the podcast we have guitar great mr hilton valentine lead guitarist of the rock and roll hall of fame band the animals talking with us here on the uncharted podcast about what he's got going on during the covid19 world break if you will uh his uh, album skiffle dog on coburg street we discuss the animals and a bunch of really other awesome stuff and that's next on the josh belcher uncharted podcast rock and roll There, I was just um, letting you know that um, uh, I was very excited to speak with you because recently I was gifted a Victrola record player and started a, a new collection, 
and got an, al- an album of the animals a reissue, and the vinyl was completely clear. And I've been enjoying it. And I just wanted to say thank you for all the great music that you uh, you made available throughout the years. You're welcome. <laughs> and um, I understand also that you have a new documentary in the works, and it was the filmmaker that made that really wonderful uh, music video that you have, uh, River Time. Yes, yes. Um, we did that in England. Um, and while he was filming at uh, video for River Time, he decided he wanted to do a documentary about my life. Uh, he filmed quite a bit of hometown and interviewed my old bandmates from before the animals. I'm not sure at what point of development it's at. It would be nice to see it completely before we're all dead. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <I> hope so. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so you said you don't know that he just it's an ongoing thing. Well, that's really really neat. Um, I learned I learned something. I was checking out your Wikipedia and uh, looking at your website as well. And uh, as a musician, and I'm a drummer, so you might have to pardon me because I've never heard of this before. But I'd like to learn about it. You're big on is it skiffle? Did I say it right? Or is it skiffle? Skiffle. Well, can you tell us uh, in regards to that, like about the playing style and what that's all about? I would just like to be educated in it. Yeah, skiffle is uh, was a, a type of music that was really brought to, to light by a guy called Lonnie Donegan in England. And it's basically old um, American um, folk music. Um, well, it's sort of pepped up a bit because we were young lads, and that's what skiffle is. Okay, excellent. Yeah, because um, you have some of the most uh, signature and memorable uh, guitar licks uh, that I've ever heard. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, in my opinion, with the animals, it's kind of like you would play your licks and then they would just follow you. So I figured that had to be <laughs> had to be what you were playing because, like, even with um. Um, you know, the, the House of the, the Rising Sun, uh, which is one of the most recognizable guitar licks in, in rock and roll and in the world. And I understood that it, uh, they said something, uh, was it a, a, a pregio? I don't even know if I'm saying that right. What 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 is, what is that, the guitar, a pregio? Arpeggio. Oh, arpeggio, okay. What, what, yeah. was, uh, what was that all about? And you did this in one take, which is even more impressive. Right, yeah. Um, it's just a, a style of playing. Um, I, I sort of learned learned it years ago f- from the beginning of uh, um, Paul Anger's song, um, Diana. Mm-hmm. Can you remember that song, Diana? I've I've heard it uh, I've heard it a few times I do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that intro was like, so I kind of stole that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I saw uh, you you played that particular lick. I'm assuming uh, it was on a Gretsch Tennessean. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. And and which is neat because I I'm born and raised in Tennessee, so I think that was cool. And um, is the Gretsch, is that a guitar of choice? Is that your favorite to play? Or that in Rickenbacker? Or what, what is your go-to guitar now? 
And I guess it's the Rickenbacker and the, the Grinch. Uh-huh. I have two. <laughs> okay. Good deal. Um, they're, uh, speaking of Nashville, one of my dear friends, and he's, to me, the greatest bass player I ever jammed with, and he went on to play professionally. His name is Mike Valentine. Do you have any uh, relatives here in in, uh, in America? Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, because he is a he is a great mu- musician, just like you are. Probably the best bass player I ever performed with um, in my mm. life. To just run up and down the board, uh, and as a drummer, he made it really exciting to to be a part of a rhythm section with him. So, right. <laughs> with, uh, um, now. Uh, you have a, is it a, and I'm really excited about this because I'll definitely be getting it. A uh, record reissue coming out uh, is with you, Barry Jenkins, and, and Andy Summers. Uh, can you tell us more about that? Well, we don't know if it's going to come out yet. And there's people talking about it, and they want to do it. So they've been in touch with the guy um, that uh, did it in the first place, you know, recorded the whole thing. And it's, it's some company called Sundazed Records. Um, they release a lot of old and early 70s reissues. Uh, got in touch with us and asked if we'd be interested, interested in reissuing it. So we put them on to the guy that actually um, did the whole thing. And he's taking care of it. So he owns the masters. So hopefully um, that will come out. Uh-huh. Oh, excellent. That's going to be quite a thrill for all of us guys wanting to check that vinyl out. That's awesome. Did was Does the project have a name? Was there a group name, or is it just you three guys kind of doing your thing? Yeah, it was called um, Letter Home. Oh, yeah. Very, very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, with with um, another question I want to bring up to you, in the age of streaming, uh, with everything with music and with everything, how do you how do you feel about that? And and how do you feel like it affects artists versus going out? Like a guy like me, I, I prefer the vinyl versus just going and and downloading, uh, you know, a particular handful of songs or whatever online. Uh, how, how do you feel about that and, and how it affects artists? Man, I don't feel too good about it. I think it affects artists very badly. Um, a typical payout is, excuse me, one third of a penny for a oh, single wow. scream. For a single scream. Some, sometimes it's as little as a, six, a sixth of a penny. Oh my God. And that's for original songs, so I can't yeah. figure that out. Yeah. A thousand streams for the animals would generate around three dollars. Oh my gosh. Divide that by five members and you get sixty cents each. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you can't do anything with that. You can't really. Yeah. Um, if you were to be in a tour bus that wouldn't even get you five feet up the road. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So who's making money on streaming? Certainly not the animals. Certainly not musicians. Yeah, that's that's yeah. not right. That's why I, I prefer, like, here where I live in Columbia, Tennessee, we have a little record shop called Variety, and, and, and I'll go there before I get go anywhere else and, and try to find my, 
albums, uh, you know, support locally before I'd go to like eBay or something. But I do always try to get a physical copy for sure. Right. Yep. And speaking of that, we could tie that into you wanted to discuss your website and, and some of the cool things you have there and some of the uh, the music you can get there as well. We can go ahead and talk about that if you'd like. Sure. Um, yeah. uh, people can visit my website on the Hilton, sorry, <clears throat> HiltonValentine.com uh, to purchase CDs um, or solo and the animals. Some of the which are sold out, but we're, soon, we're going to be restocking very soon. People can also follow me on Twitter and Facebook. Excellent. Yeah, I definitely follow you on Facebook. I keep up with all your stuff there, including that really, really interesting video you posted not too long ago where the animals, uh, well, in the video, animals and, and humans uh, uh, reverse roles, which was very powerful, and thank you for sharing that. I really like that. All right. Okay, great. Thank you. That was neat. Um, let's talk about. I wanted to, you know, share this with you. Uh, my favorite animal song, uh, which is to me for the British invasion, uh, you guys uh, were the tops, were the best, because your sound was not like the rest of the groups that came out. Um, did you? What? Uh, what? My favorite song was um, "Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood," and um, could you? Uh, Tell me how your version came to be. I knew this was a, a prior song. It was like a rhythm and blues, I think, song. But how did you guys get together and decide this was a song that would fit for the animals because it's a great rendition? Um, I don't know. It just came about, you know. Um, <laughs> we're always looking for, we were always looking for material. And uh, that one just seemed to pop up, you know, and say, this is what needs to be done. Plus, uh, Nina, Nina Simone um, was a very big influence on us, so that was part of it as well. Mm-hmm. That's really, yeah, that's a really great song. I, 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 every time I listen to it, I thoroughly enjoy it. And out of the British Invasion, um, did all you uh, bands, did you feel any competition with the other groups, or it just happened to be you all happened to come over here and take America by storm just uh, by coincidence? <laughs> it was a bit by coincidence, actually, because um, really things were happening so fast, and um, just to uh, have these things around and be able to play them um, was a great thing, you know. Mhm. Yep. It, it was. It was. It was truly wonderful. It, it, it molded all the music we listen to nowadays, and. Uh, you know, yeah. we wouldn't have anything without it and, you know, your contributions and everything. And I'm really glad you're still performing solo and, and doing everything you're doing. And um, as far as the um, the COVID-19 and everything, uh, how how are you staying uh, as far as, like, with that, with uh, with music and everything? Are you doing any online performances or, or what what are you getting into as far as? Because well, uh, uh, we can't make uh, a living without our music. Unless we play alive, and COVID nineteen stopped all musicians in their tracks. And what about the musicians that are not physically able to play live shows anymore? Whether it's due to age or illness, sometimes both. I'm seventy seven years old. Wow. My plan was, plan was to play out this year, but I never even made it 
to rehearse the stage because of COVID. Mm -hmm. At this point, I don't see me having the stamina to play out anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's really rough on a lot of people. It's very unfortunate, um, you know, just what's going on in our world right now. But, uh, you know, luckily we still we still have, um, you know, the album and everything we can listen to. But, uh, you know, with new music and the work you've got and everything, we'll be looking forward to that. This week on the podcast, we are stoked to have stand-up comedian Greg Warren. Now, Greg has a new comedy special out called Where the Field Corn Grows. It's out today. You can check it out on Amazon. We discussed that, him being from St. Louis, wrestling, and a whole bunch of other cool stuff right here on the Uncharted Podcast. Uh, so, Greg, um, what happened was is that I was piddling through social media on my podcast. I uh, like to have musicians and comedians. And one of my local friends here in Nashville is either Rick Roberts or Brian Bates. I can't remember. Posted some of your stuff, and it was just flipping hilarious. And uh, I had to track you down, and uh, thank you for, uh, like I said, taking the time to be on the pod uh, and uh, catching up with you and seeing what all was going on. Hey, man, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. I really do. Yeah, so the the new material that I, I probably watched that they posted up, is that from uh, Where the Field Corn Grows? Is that the correct title? Yeah, there's a, a brand new uh, special on Amazon Prime called "Where the Field Corn Grows." Uh, just just came out, you know, within the last month. That's awesome. Yeah, looking forward to checking that out. I'm gonna have to watch it here pretty soon. I, I, next question I was gonna ask you is where is it at, but I'm glad to know it's now on Amazon. So it's a comedy special uh, exclusively for Amazon. Uh, no, it's it's been plenty of other places. That one's just the one that makes the most sense. <laughs> Like, there's like a Google Play and Xbox and you know, all these oh, things. That are, yeah, I, yeah, but the, uh, iTunes and Apple. But I think it's um, it seems like where most people are watching it is Amazon. If you get an Amazon Prime membership, it's free. If you don't, it's you know like five bucks to rent on Amazon. And and then yeah, it's, I think some people are, are watching it on Apple as well. So. Cool, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely gonna check that out. Um. And uh, just love your stuff. Was was uh, piddling through your page the other day. Love the bit about your dad and the Cardinals. Um, Nashville is in talks of uh, getting an expansion team when the world uh, is no longer upside down. Really? So, uh, oh, that uh, would be uh, that would be really cool, man. That would be. I'd love to see Nashville have an MLB team. That's that's yeah. great. We uh, um, the the uh, former general manager of the Boston Red Sox. He moved to Nashville. They just put it all over the news. He is looking for potential owners to that's that's the goal to get an expansion team here, which wow. I would really really enjoy. Yeah. Wow, man, that would be yeah, I'd, I'd love that. That would be really cool. Be just right right down from St. Louis. That'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah that uh, it would be awesome, and, and that's on my bucket list as well to see a Cardinals game. Uh, I've actually never been to St. Louis. Um, I'm going to have to definitely do that here in the in the future, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's not that far. It's like, you know, four and a half, maybe five, five-hour drive yeah. at the most. Yeah. That's not I've bad. That's national several times. But yeah. yeah, it's my hometown. Yeah, I've been here. Um, I, I grew up here, and I, I've lived, uh, you know, all over New York and uh, uh, L.A. and Texas and Ohio. But uh, I met Rick in Ohio, actually, Rick Roberts, uh, Yeah. when I first started doing comedy. Um but yeah, I, I, I kind of have gone back and forth, but I always wind up back in St. Louis. I hear you. Yeah, Rick's an amazing guy. Um, 
about 10 years ago, I wanted to be a stand-up comedian, and I took classes, and it really helped me a oh, lot. Cool. Uh, yeah. Oh, great, man. Um, I just uh, became a father, and, and some of that got in the way, but I figured maybe one day I'll get the itch bad enough, I'll try to get back out there and do it again. I'm constantly writing, but you know, right now I just enjoy watching everybody else and, uh, and getting their take on everything. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. So, well, fire so, away, man. Ask me whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, but my main thing was just like, you know, having this really hilarious uh, special um, and then um, like, uh, you know, putting it out. And then are you able to do any live shows right now? I know some people are having them, some people are not. Are you doing any tour of support of it or anything? Or are you kind of just uh, doing the late Yeah, local? I mean, I did, uh, I had sort of a pocket here where, you know, I was inside for four months, which is a little weird, you know, after having been on the road 45 weeks a year for 20 years. But, uh, yeah, you know, sort of early mid-March it shut down. And then um, this last, like, I'm in the sort of the middle of, like, a three-week run where I did Indianapolis, uh, Lexington, Kentucky, and Kansas City. And when we booked it, it was sort of around where everybody's like, hey, this is, you know, things are coming back and it's going to get back to normal. And, you know, now that I'm in the middle of it, I'm like, I don't know if it's such a great idea. And it's, I, it feels relatively safe. I mean, you know, the two clubs that I've done, I, you know, I'd say, you know, most of the people are wearing masks into the club. Um, they're definitely, you know, social distance. Uh, and, um, you know, you'll all take the masks off when they're sitting down most of them and watching the show and eating or whatever, but you know, people put them back on too. And it feels fairly safe. Um, but it's just, you know, most people don't want to come out to the show at this point. Um, and I don't blame them. You know, it's, it's just kind of a, it's a little bit of a scary time. So, uh, I have a feeling after this week, you know, more stuff. I get an um, email from my agent every day and it's like, this is canceled. This is canceled. This is canceled. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I have a feeling it's going to be a little strange uh, for a while. You know, I, um, it, 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 to me, it seems like, I don't know if comedy will be back with any sort of regularity unless, you know, one, we get a vaccine or two, we could come together and sort of shut it all down for another, you know, month and a half and see if that works. That, that, that sort of seems unlikely that we'd be able to execute that. But um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it is, you know, it is kind of fun to be back on stage. Uh, um, even, even though it's a little different, uh, I won't take doing stand-up comedy for granted ever again. Yeah. You know? Sure. Yeah. Cause it wasn't too long ago. Like uh, our main, uh, well, you already know, I don't have to tell you, but our main uh, club in Nashville here is Zanies. And it's one of my favorite things to do is check it out. And I had like five shows I was going to see, five different artists. And then uh, uh, Dale Hughley came, and of course he caught COVID, and now everybody's scared to death to go. And like all on the calendar, like you'll see a show, and I'll go buy some tickets, and then they'll move it for like three or four months down the road. So, you know, yeah. this is something I miss really, really bad. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I'm sort of just of the mindset where like it'll be back. You know, there's a lot of people who are sort of like, ah, oh, comedy's dead. It's not dead. It's just it's taking a break. It'll be back. It's just... I don't know when. That's that's kind of the crazy thing is the, the open-endedness of all of it, right? Uh, yeah, no, I agree. You know, I mean, if they could say, all right, you're going to have to sit it out until December 3rd, you know, I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's like, I, I don't know, you know. I mean, you know, you, you, I, could, I couldn't imagine a world without laughter. That would just be unbearable. But, you know, uh, you know, right now I just, I'm just fishing and watching videos and everything, but, 
yeah, there, there's just some about it when you're there live and in the moment, and you know, you're sitting next to the guy that gets hammered or gets heckled, or not heckled, but gets, you know, roasted, uh, and then, uh, or being the person that gets roasted, and then, you know, going on with the show, it's just fantastic, so. Yeah, li- li- yeah, live comedy, and it's so, you know, so many people uh, have so much access to it with everything on, on Netflix and Amazon, and, you know, it's like they kind of, I still see people are really surprised when they see it live. They're like, oh, this is way better. I'm like, yeah, yeah it's kind of, it's meant to be seen live, you know. It really yeah, is. yeah. No, I, I agree 100%. You're, you're just in the moment, you feel it, and then it's just like you – you get like your endorphins are just on all cylinders the whole time. If the comedian's rocking, that is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've and I've tried to, you know, be a little more sensitive to that because I, you know, I think for a while I was sort of like, hey man, these live shows are about developing material, you know, to put on TV, and it's uh, I'm I'm going to do as well as I can, but I'm going to, you know, really I sort of really focused on the writing process and new material, and then I. You know, you need to talk to the crowd a little bit. I don't, I don't, I'm not a big advocate. There's some guys that do it wonderfully, but uh, for the most part, I'm like, yeah, I don't really. Uh, there's t- sometimes not that much original about talking to the crowd or, um, you know, getting involved in what the crowd's doing. Uh, so I stuck to the script for the most part. And then I was like, ah, you know what? A, a buddy of mine, Mike Perbigley, is a great com- comedian. Uh, there, you need there needs to be some improvisation in every live show. You you need to leave room for that because that's part of what makes it a live show. You need to go talk to the crowd a little bit. You need if something happens in the room, you need to respond to what's going on in the room. Yeah. Um. I I mean I do like you said I'm 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 kind of with you as far as like you know you you stick with your routine and you you know you're delivering you know your message to everybody. But yeah, every once in a while there's that guy or gal that just screams or acts crazy or whatever but uh no i totally understand where you're coming yeah from. If, if the if the universe gives you this gift you need, <laughs> to, need to accept it you know and be like okay let's let's not just ignore everything that went on here yeah, yeah. exactly um let's go to one more thing that kind of intrigued me now you have your own podcast correct i do well it's uh i, I have a partner my, my my friend brendan Nair, who's a great comedian uh does it with me well, what I like about it, it's like it's like it's like a crossword puzzle, and and I haven't seen anything like this yet. I just I don't, how did you come up with that? To me, that's just brilliant because, you know, like mine, I just I do the regular interviews and everything, but the ones that intrigue me the most are the ones where it's like something different. I mean, how did this all come to be? Uh, well, I you know about five years ago, I started doing more and more like the New York Times crossword puzzle. I started yeah. doing just like some weird app, and then I was like, let's just let's do the, the, the standard, you know, the New York times. And, uh, so I, I have the app on my phone and, uh, you know, I, and it's, it's hard, you know, it's, uh, and, uh, my buddy, Brandon, uh, the guy that used to open for me and now he's a headliner, great comic out of New York. And, um, you know, I would call him and we'd basically, I'd complain. We'd complain. I'd be like, what, what, what is he doing on this Thursday puzzle, man? This is insane. There's, you can't do that. You can't have, four letters in one square that's what should be illegal and we we you know we would go back and forth he actually happens to be like he's borderline genius when it comes to it he he goes like seven for seven every week on the new york times puzzle which is hard wow um i I think i went four for seven last week which is not bad for me um so uh so we talked about it and um you know we we lived we live in different cities he lives in new york i live in st louis and we were like that would be a great podcast but i I don't know how we can make it work. And, 
you know, so many podcasts, if the tech's not right, if I listen to a few things here and there, and if, if the radio, when I'm listening to the radio or I'm listening to a podcast and I can't hear what's going on um, or there's any sort of static, I just immediately turn it off. And I was like, I don't think we're going to be able to do that. And then uh, guys in Nashville, actually, my record label, the guys over at 800 Pound Gorilla uh, were like, hey, we, you know, we have a way that you can do it. You know, we we have a way that you can get impeccable sound. And uh, they sort of uh, told me what equipment to buy. And we, we, we actually tested it for like three months. We just sort of did practice episodes for three months. And then right around the time uh, the quarantine started, we were like, let's, let's, let's get this off the ground. We got time now. So, so yeah, so every week the, the, the two of us attempt, you know, every puzzle from the week and then we sort of review the puzzles, but it's what it, it's just great joke setups because every clue is sort of about something. And, you know, you, you wind up writing jokes about the Mona Lisa or about, you know, whatever, uh, you know, some geography question or, and we, we bust on each other uh, pretty well. Um, so we go off script quite a bit, but it, we do try to, you know, I, I sort of now feel, okay, I have to do all seven. I have to try all seven puzzles and I have to write jokes about all seven puzzles. And it's been uh, maybe a good thing to keep the, keep the saw sharpened during, uh, during the quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. I really particularly enjoyed uh, going through it the other day. The one, where you were talking about, I, I think it was a Mai Tai, and it got somehow turned around to Mrs. Butterworth? Uh, I don't even I, – I, I remember some Mrs. Butterworth talk. I can't remember, man. Yeah, we go to some pretty crazy places, man. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty silly, you know, like it's uh, – it, it really is pretty silly. But in a, And I, I sort of think even if you don't do crossword puzzles, you'd enjoy the podcast. It's mostly a comedy podcast, but if you do do puzzles – we're after that niche, you know. I did a big day today, man. I got this. I was looking at Twitter, and one of this uh, lady, Robin Weintraub, who uh, is a regular contributor. She, she, uh, you know, has she's done a few of the puzzles. She authored the puzzles. I don't know what the word is. But she's uh, for the New York Times, and she followed me on Twitter. I'm like, all right, man, we're breaking through to the crossword community. This is awesome. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I, I just I like because I was like. You know, I, I'm just intrigued by things that are fresh and different, and I, I have yet to see or come across, no pun intended, a crossword puzzle podcast, and I just think it was brilliant. So I uh, thank you for sharing well, that I with us. I think there is a couple. I think there's – we looked. Oh, like, I, th- I think there are a couple crossword puzzle podcasts. I haven't listened to them. I don't think there's any – I don't think they're comedy podcasts, and I could be wrong about that, but I, you know, I, don't, I don't think they're um, – I think ours is probably different. Yeah, that's the – crazy thing these days it's like there's nothing that you can do that hasn't <laughs> so yeah there's people that talk about the puzzle but we're um you know i don't i don't know if any like uh, sort of established comedians do do one yeah the rest is all business about crossword puzzles we get you know we get uh serious for about 30 seconds every episode yeah yeah that's cool hey it's all good i i, I like it like i said i'm a fan uh it's good good stuff um Let's hop into this other thing. This really intrigued me that you are, and obviously I know there's a whole story about it, but I saw somewhere, now you do color commentary on Fox about wrestling. Is that right? Uh, It's sort of, it's like that was on my bio years ago, and it's probably just on a Wikipedia page, as I'm guessing where you saw it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did one time, yeah, I wrestled in college, and I did do color commentary 
for the college wrestling match between Mizzou and Iowa State one time. Oh, uh, wow. That was a long time ago. Um, but, no, that's not something I do on a regular basis. I've okay. done a lot of stuff with wrestling, but it's more comedy-related. There's a, a wrestling website called Flow Wrestling, which is basically like uh, our ESPN. It's got, you know, anybody that's involved with wrestling is on that thing all the time. They broadcast a lot of matches and tournaments, and um, I've done, like, a, a couple of short films for them and a, a little mockumentary that, that uh, got really popular with the wrestling people. So that's kind of my way to stay in with wrestling is, is, is through comedy. And even in the special, the Amazon Prime special, there's there's one wrestling story in there. Cool, cool. So it's not like WWE wrestling. It's like the actual get down to the nitty gritty like wrestling. Yeah, 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 co- yeah, yeah, collegiate wrestling. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's all because like as a as a kid, it was uh the dad and the mom. You you kind of had a double-edged thing there growing up, right? Yeah, I, play, I played the clarinet uh, in the band, and I wrestled on the on the team. So, yeah. <laughs> That's freaking awesome! So you had the best of both worlds. Are, are you a big man? How how big are you? No, no, no. I, I wrestled 150 pounds in uh, in college, and uh, I'm like five eight, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, five eight. Probably. I got you. I yeah, think because yeah. like I was thinking, like, are you like as big as the Ultimate Warrior, and then you're in there playing the clarinet half the time, or <laughs> what's going on with that? Yeah. 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 Well, that's uh, and so uh, I mean I saw that you're on on dry bars, so that means that you're relatively completely clean. So h- how um how is it is it a challenge? But writing like clean jokes versus these guys that are completely blue, I think it seems it would be uh, uh, easier just to to write you know just filthy versus uh, telling a joke without having any suggestive uh, language in it. Um, I can tell you, yeah, I am clean. And I wasn't always as clean as I am, but yeah, like this special is, you could watch with your kids, you know, or your cool. grandma. It's, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's, and, and sa- same with the dry bar special, all their stuff is, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm really clean, but I would say what's really hard is to write a good joke or an original joke. Uh, there's a lot of really dirty comics that um, are really, really good and, and, and do yeah, yeah. extremely difficult stuff. So um, I don't tend to ascribe like more value creatively to what I do. It's just sort of kind of my style, you know. Um, and it's uh, and it, it, you know, I guess the thing is, it, I was always close enough, so I decided I'm just going to go all the way because it just sort of opens me up to a bigger audience. There are some people that just don't want to hear certain things when they watch comedy. And why why do I need to be saying and if if it does you know I if I cut out five percent of what I do it, it I may add a whole lot more people so it was more of a just a common sense thing and and then you know as you get older you, that's probably a little bit more it, it just became I, I sort of I'm I'm a little OCD sometimes so it's just like I set up these rules for myself <laughs> like okay I'm not yeah. gonna I'm gonna try to stay within these rules because that to me is what is good comedy for me. Uh, but you know, like I like I said, there's some comedians that I really really like that are are very profane. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of really really raunchy comedy. It doesn't necessarily offend me. It's just not something that I uh, always want to see. But um, yeah, I, I uh, it's just it's hard enough just to write original comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, it, it, it's truly a talent because being a guy that plays music and a guy that has attempted 
comedy, it's like when you're up on the stage, it's just you. And if you, you know, come across and you're bombing, there's nobody to pick you up. It's just you in the silence. And it truly is a work of art to deliver a hilarious joke, you know, one right after the other, just bang, boom, pow. Um, oh, thanks, man. Yeah. But uh, anyway, hey, I thank you for your time. Uh, big fan. And uh, hopefully when you get back to Nashville, um, I can catch you whenever uh, that may be. Oh, yeah, man. I'll get over there and see Dorf's venues, man. It's just, I love Nashville. It's a really guy's got a really cool comedy club there and it's man the city's just uh just booming man it just feels like there's only a few cities i've been you know that just feel like oh this thing is is on a huge upswing <laughs> you know uh nashville is definitely is one oh uh i'm sorry yeah uh <laughs> one more thing before i let you go uh like i said i am going to go see st louis in the in the near future i heard there's a place that has uh john the baptist's finger have you heard of this is this true no i have not well, I mean, you learn something every day, and I feel ashamed that I don't know that, man. Well, it was on TripAdvisory, one of the top ten places to see. There's some church that claims they have a finger of John the Baptist. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm, I'm. There's so many questions there. Like, how, how do you know it's his finger? Where did it come from? Yeah, I mean, uh, we got a lot of con men in St. Louis too. So I, I, I just check <laughs> into that one. <laughs> yeah, awesome. All right. Well. <laughs> hey. And that wraps up another magnificent episode of the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. Thanks once again to guests Hilton Valentine and Greg Warren. Appreciated talking to both these fine human beings. It was really a blast uh, getting to learn about and from both of them. I would like to take this time to thank you, the listeners, for listening to the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. I'm truly grateful because without you listening... There'd be no point in making it. Uh, and as I say, forever and always, if you know anybody you think would be a really groovy guest on the podcast, have them hit me up, joshbelcher at hotmail.com, and we'll get that ball a-bouncing. I just wanted to remind you all that I love you for you and where you're at in life. Take care of yourself. Be safe. Be happy. Put a mask on if you want to. Uh, avoid the covid Love each other. Be nice. Don't get uh, too crazy. And uh, we'll catch you next week for another edition of the old Uncharted podcast. Peace be with you. I love you. Belcher over and out. All right, later.